answers to religious questions that Jesus would give. The first thing I'm going to say in this talk is, was Jesus born or born again? Jesus was already alive for a long time before this. So when he was born, it wasn't the first time he was born. He was born again. And so that's the first thing doctrinally that Jesus might talk about. He was born again. He wanted to be a good example of people who would be born again in the future. He wanted to do it. And then if he did it, he thought that some of you in heaven might choose to do it. And after he did it, and he thought some of you in heaven might choose to do it, he thought that he was a leader, a good example, someone that could demonstrate that it's a fearless situation being born again. We, we're a fully grown adult. We die, we go to heaven. And then when we're born again, we're a child. And so a lot of people are afraid to be born again because they're afraid to be a child again. It's a, it's a fearless and safe situation. And he demonstrated that it could be done and he did it first. It wasn't his first life. Also, the Bible mentions Mary. Mary wasn't his only mother. He's been born again more than 20 times. So he's had more than 20 mothers. Also, he's had more than 20 fathers. In one life, God was his father in a miracle way. In the future, God is his father in a physical way. God has sex with a woman. And that's what begotten means. So that prophecy of only begotten is a prophecy of future prophecy fulfillment that was fulfilled in the future in about 500 years or so. And that doesn't change Christianity. See, you guys are so stubborn about your beliefs that you refuse to change. You act like it changed Christianity entirely to find out Jesus has more than one mother. It doesn't. When you're born again, you have another mother. That doesn't change the whole universe. That's called normal. See, when you guys act like it's disruptive and weird and abnormal to, ha to have a mother, you're, you're the one that's weird. You're wrong. And then when you're born again, you have another woman that's your mother. And it's not weird to have another woman that's your mother. doesn't change Christianity. So you can drop your doctrine when Jesus speaks to you. He's going to speak to you. Also, Jesus doesn't know everything. Jesus is someone that was given life by God. God made everyone. Jesus doesn't know everything. So let's start off with the first thing. This happened in the 1990s when a lot of pastors got together to talk about doctrine, Christianity, theology, and they went to Bible university, Bible school. And when they did this, they expected to sort out the final religious questions. They thought that all of the denominations would become one denomination. So they started to talk to each other and then they, um, in the 1990s, kind of made Bible University a thing. And they tried to be doctrinally correct. They thought if they did this, there'd be no dispute with atheists, agnostics. They thought that Christians would have um, right preaching in the church that wouldn't offend anyone. They thought that they would fix all this and they decided that in order to be doctrinally correct, no one knew if Jesus knew everything, but um, 
they assumed that it's most likely that he did because the Bible calls him God. So they thought, well, since God does know everything, maybe Jesus does too. And they started to teach it as if it's certainly true. So they made a huge mistake. And every preacher since then has learned this in Bible college and they're wrong. He doesn't know everything. He's a prophet. He speaks the word of God. Also, he's a normal man. He learns like everyone else. And as a normal man that learns like everyone else, Jesus Christ has the same opportunities as the rest of us. But there are some differences. One, Jesus is a prophet, so he knows things about the word of God other people don't. Now, a prophet is someone that could speak on any topic. A prophet could speak on any topic. So, in the past, prophets talked about Israel and variance with our brother and peacemakers or God's plans. But now they would talk about catalytic converters, prisons, marijuana, modern government. The problem is they don't come back because people on the earth are so violent to them. People on the earth are so violent to the prophets that the prophets refuse to come back. That's why there's no prophets or angels. The angels don't come here for the same reason. People on the earth are so unbelievably violent that the angels never come back. No angels have spoken here in about 2,000 years. And the last ones who came, they, they kind of did such a strange job that when you finally find out what happened, you're going to think it's weird. Another doctrine is Jesus as God. For some reason, to the end of eternity in the kingdom of God, no one ever understood this doctrine. Jesus as God. They never understood this, this doctrine. Okay, so let's make it really clear. There's a dude named God. He's called God. He's the creator. He made a bunch of stuff. And then he had a, he gave life to other people. Okay, that makes sense. He gave life to Jesus. That makes sense. He made Jesus God by a s small measure. That's it. So Jesus can do miracles. That's the whole thing. There's nothing else that anyone can think of. To the end of eternity, no one ever thought of anything else, including Jesus. That's it. He can do miracles and shit. There's nothing else. So consider it a mystery. But what you guys do is you treat him like he's some sort of strange authority. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't have to decide everything about your life. He's a regular person, a regular person that's also a savior. He's a regular person that's also a savior. That's it. Now, if he's ever going to be a savior again, he'll have to repent of his sin and do everything God tells him to do in order to be called a savior again. He'll have to do all of it. But right now, he's not a savior. So when you die and go to heaven, God will tell you you have another savior and it's the last one left. And that's me, the guy doing the podcast. 5,000 years ago, God asked me, do you want to be a savior? And I said, no, I don't want to be a savior, but if I don't do it, who will? And he said, Jesus Christ will do it. Well, I didn't have a lot of confidence in what God said. And I was right. Jesus Christ did a half-assed job. He hasn't been here in 2,000 years. So that's another doctrine. If you want to say he has a spiritual kingdom, you can say it's a bad spiritual kingdom. And the reason is, he doesn't do anything good. You guys pray every day that he gives you spiritual healing. He doesn't. You pray every day that he does spiritual things. He doesn't. You also pray that he heals your body and raises from the dead your loved ones. And he doesn't. So if you want to call it a spiritual kingdom, it's a bad spiritual kingdom. One day, if he ever does get a kingdom again, which he already did in the future, I know that's complicated, but then he'll have to do it good because he has a bad reputation now. And 
because you Christians are so mean to him, he doesn't even want to try again. You guys are so abusive and mean to him, he doesn't even want to try. I've thought about walking him through it and helping him, but it's too tedious of a process. He refuses to do it. But you Christians are abusive, and I'd have to manage you or something. And that's ridiculous, because that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm not taking on extra work of managing Christians' beliefs. But in the future, that's what all of you want me to do. Every time there's a difficult question, you all always come to me. Everyone in the future does. They say, you know, Del, we were just talking to Jesus, and we were trying to figure out why the Bible says that... Um, a woman doesn't teach. Does it mean a woman doesn't teach at all? It doesn't mean she doesn't teach subjects like science. Does it mean a woman doesn't teach religion or at church? What does it mean? I said, that's Jesus idea for a church. He was exposed to a, a situation God made where there were a bunch of men together. So to him, it's kind of an idealized uh, scenario, an idealized situation. He wanted to keep that going. You know, there can be another church where women teach. He just wanted one where there's men. That's it, period. And people are like, that's hard to believe. Well, talk to Jesus. When you hear it, it sounds true. So there's a few details you want to know. Why would he choose that men teach and women don't? Well, one is he, he was faced with the same difficulty everyone's faced with. All of us are faced with this. People don't admit it. When women are young or any age, if she gets pregnant, she might have to take time off all the time. She might miss out and miss out on meetings. And then she's not caught up on what's happening at a business, at a church, or anything else. A social group. Then, later when she comes back, they're going to treat her like she's stupid. So Jesus said, men preach, women don't. That's it. He was faced with a common difficulty that we can deal with in the future. In the future, when women get pregnant, they might stay home for a couple years. Some women in the future want to stay home for 25 years. They do. They want to stay home for 25 years. After their children move out at age 20, they want to spend five years being there for their child to make sure their child has wisdom and is successful. That's a good mother. What happens if the business is less important? What happens if the church is less important? What's most important is that the child has a successful life. Then that child can go to church if they, that child wants to. That's a good mother. So we don't treat women like they're stupid. We treat women like they're essential. They're, they're human beings. I'd say better said, we treat them like they're human beings. Or you can say essential if you want, but I'd say like human beings. Um, so another thing doctrinally that I want to answer is Jesus' relationship with God. God speaks to Jesus. Jesus knows what to do. That's it. In the future, they have other things that they do, but right now, that's it. Nothing else. Period. In the future, Jesus can fly like an angel at this time he could do it at any time god could give him the power the ability to do it and it's called power because of the way it works 
To fly like an angel, you need to be like a superhuman, like Superman, made different. Also, you need knowledge of how to do it. So people call it power. When we have knowledge, people call it power. When you can do something others can't do. Superhuman, they call it power. But everyone that can do it calls it normal. So all the angels call it normal. When Jesus can do it, he calls it normal. When we can't do it, we call it power. So you can call it power or normal. So in the future, he can do it. But he doesn't. Because you Christians just argue with him. You guys pray and you say, oh God, are you real? And if Jesus appeared, you'd say, oh Jesus, uh, I got a hundred questions. And he'd say, I came here to answer, is God real? I'm going to take you there. You can see him. I'll bring you back. It'll take 10 minutes at most, probably five. And you're like, yeah, but I want to ask you a bunch of questions and argue with you about whether or not you know everything, whether Mary was your first mom, uh, whether women can teach anything, uh, and whether women are stupider than men. You just prayed. He just answered. And then you refused to go. That's how you Christians treat him. It's abusive. Then you just argue with him. Then when he leaves, he leaves awkwardly. He's like, well, fuck, this Christian was just arguing for no fucking reason. And he leaves. And you guys are like, well, heck, Jesus came and left. And then you go tell lies about him. You're like, well, Jesus came and... Uh, and uh, he uh, didn't answer any of my questions and didn't take me to heaven. I don't know what his problem was. Sounds like he was a real dick. That's what you guys will say. So there's another doctrinal thing. Christians are false accusers, which is a sin. Thou shalt not raise a false report is the law. So it's a sin. So he doesn't come and bring you to heaven like an angel for that reason. You want Jesus to answer your prayers. And what you pray for mostly is money. That's not bad. You pray for money and stuff. That's not bad. But at this time, he can't create things out of nothing. See, you believe he can create anything out of nothing. That's not true. Jesus cannot do this. He can't create so the Bible says he made things. Making things is when you get something already made and then you might make wood into a table, clay into clay cookware, which is still used in modern times. Faberware and other modern companies make clay casserole dishes. It looks like a casserole dish. So I'm calling it that. People still use it. It's a great cooking material. Making is when you get cotton and you turn it into fabric and you turn the fabric into clothing. That's making. Creating is when you create it out of nothing. That's one way you can think about it religiously. Only God can do that. No one else. So there's another doctrinal thing. So you guys want Jesus just to create money out of thin air. Now there's two problems with that. The first problem is Jesus can't. So when he tells you he can't, but God can, he's telling you to listen to him. If you listen to him and do what he says, God might give you twice as much money as you prayed for. You might pray for a thousand dollars to pay off your student loan, but you might owe $10,000. So then Jesus might talk to you and say, Stop thinking about fucking your neighbor. That's adultery. And if you stop thinking about it, God might give you $2,000, twice what you paid for, enough to pay a bunch of monthly payments. But then you need to spend that money on your student loan. It's your money. You can spend it how you want, but you prayed for money for your student loan. What you guys do is you spend it on something else. Then you pray to Jesus and you'll say, heck, I just keep praying to Jesus. I can't pay off this damn loan. You don't tell the truth. The truth is that you were given twice as much money as you needed then God's angry at you and he wants to burn the earth in fire to ashes, to nothing, to the ground. That's the day of the Lord. You guys provoke him to endless anger. So if Jesus comes and answers your prayer 
What you do is you listen to him and you do what he says. Stop thinking about fucking your neighbor. Then God might give you the money. Then spend it on your student loan, at least a thousand, certainly a thousand, and maybe another 500. And if you want the other 500 for spending money, it's your money, do whatever the fuck you want with it. But don't provoke God by going and accusing God of not giving you $2,000 cash. When God gives you money, he does a miracle. This is part two. He does a miracle where it's the correct serial numbers. When you guys pray for money, you don't think about economics and the inflow of money. If every Christian today got $2,000, then the world would suddenly have quadrillions of extra dollars floating around. And that might create economic problems. Then God might have to do miracles around the world to prevent economic problems. And you have to do the correct serial numbers. So if he does this and does gives money to every Christian, fixes the economic problems around the world with miracles, and then does it again tomorrow, but you go and say, God didn't give you enough, God might have anger and wrath. He's working his ass off and you guys are getting it for free. And then you go and tell your neighbor, heck, I can't pay off these loans. God doesn't give me enough money. When God just gave quadrillions of dollars. There's a few other doctrinal answers I'd like to give, but honestly, what I want to conclude with today is that you Christians are so argumentative and people on the earth are so violent that Jesus considers what Christians do to be abusive and what the earth does to be unacceptable. And that's why he doesn't come here. That's why. So Christians, you can go and tell atheists this answer now. They ask, why doesn't Jesus come here? The answer is because Christians are abusive. They're argumentative. They're obstinate. So is a bunch of other people on the earth. And the earth is so filled with violent people that he doesn't want to come here. That's the answer. So here's a little bit more about it. What did Jesus do? The answer is Jesus went to the earth. He was supposed to speak three prophecies. and other words, God would tell him to say, Jesus would remember and repeat them. He was also supposed to do the work of Jesus Christ. He could have done it at any time in human history and he had four chances. He's been through all of human history four times. He also was supposed to do things that God told him to do. And there were things that were optional things he could have done that he just chose to do because it's better when you help people. So it would have helped people because it's better. And he would have done those things. That's what he could have done, should have done, and would have done. But what he did is he went back in time to 2,000 years ago because he thought if he did it first, he would beat someone in a savior contest. He just wanted to be the first. He thinks that's all it takes. Next, he wanted to win a Messiah contest. He did it in Israel because he assumed Israel is an important place because God talked about it. He could have done it anywhere, but because God talked about Israel, he believed a common myth. He thought Israel was more important than every other place, every other people, every other kingdom, every other nation, every other government. And that's not true. Also, he chose to die on the cross and you Christians way overdo death on the cross. Substitute theology is false. When you say someone dies for your sins, you assume you won't die, but Christians die every day. So it's not true. You have evidence. Then you say, well, he physically died because we'll not die a spiritual death. You're just making shit up now. 
You pulled that out of your ass. You pulled it out of your ass. Next. He could have talked about other things besides religion, and he did. He talked about peace between neighbors. That became religion. He talked about being a peacemaker. That became part of the religion. He talked about teaching other men to teach other men. A fisher of men. Apostles. He talked about salvation and religion, but he also talked about other things. Too many for me to list. When he died on the cross, he believed that it would give him an advantage in a future Messiah contest. Now, is he a founder of a religion? The answer is accidentally. See, he spoke God's words like a like he was supposed to do, kind of. He didn't speak all of them because he didn't speak the three prophecies. He, his words were written down and the apostles' words were written down and those became part of the Bible. And that religion is called Christianity. I think he was surprised that so many preachers voluntarily started churches. I think he expected that there would be seven churches and that's it. And then he would come back later and the churches would still be there, but they didn't last. So what did he do? He went, he went back in time to 2000 years ago. He talked, he died on the cross voluntarily, even though I told him not to, that became part of a false doctrine in Christianity. You think if someone dies, then you don't have to. That's not true. If you're a murderer, you get judged for murder just like every other Christian. He also started something he didn't finish. He was supposed to go speak three prophecies at some point, and I don't want to get into the details, but he could have been in the earth every single day from the beginning of time and every planet. And I'll talk about how he would do that later. Once you can see it, once I start doing miracles in the earth. <coughs> Jesus. The next question is, why did he do it? Well, the first moment Jesus lived, he was made a savior. So to a lot of you, that might be confusing. So I'll make it um, like this. If... All of us are made human beings. A deer is made an animal. Fish are made, you know, aquatic creatures. Then there's in the Avengers movie, um, a character that was um, like a computer character. So he was given knowledge like a computer program. And that character isn't really like Jesus at all, but Jesus was given knowledge. So he was made a savior the first day he lived. So he has knowledge of salvation. So why did he do it? Well, he could have come to the earth at any time, but he chose to do it at that time because he wanted to win a Messiah contest. God spoke to him and said, Jesus, it's been 2000 years. If you don't go and do this, someone else is going to do it. Someone else will be Messiah, Messiah, the Prince and savior and not you. And they're going to get everything promised to you. You're not going to get it. Dale Travis Maynard is. Unless you go and do it. 
So Jesus decided to go back in time and get started early and spend 2,000 years. He thought if he spent 2,000 years, he thought he could beat me in a savior contest, a Messiah contest, a Messiah the Prince contest. But he went back, he started it, he died, and he didn't want to go back. Israel sucked. Then, he wanted to go other places, but he didn't. He didn't go anyplace else. So then God told him, stay in the earth. I just raised you from the dead. Go and tell them what you did. But Jesus left. At that time, Jesus had the ability to fly like an angel. And so he flew someplace else. And there went 2,000 years. So that's why he did it. He could have done it because he's a savior. But he instead did it because he wanted to beat me in a Messiah contest. Coming soon to an earth near you. On October 27th in two years. 2025. Also... So we got what he did, why he did it. Is he a religious leader? Did he start a religion? Well, he told people to trust him and the apostles did. But then he didn't come back. So they did it on their own, guessing. So why did they say what they said? That's in another podcast. But today, did Jesus become a religious leader? Everyone's waiting for him to come back. That's exactly what a religious leader is. They're waiting for him to speak and to answer about what he did. In a religion now called Christianity. So if you're a Christian, you don't want to call him that. But everyone else in the world thinks he's a religious leader. They also know he's a real person. And they want to know where he is. He's the only person that's been gone 2,000 years that everyone expects to come back. He's the only one. Everyone else is like, well, they're dead. Maybe they're gone forever. But when it's Jesus, they expect him to come back. Where has Jesus been? Jesus has been a lot of other places, but not doing religion. And he'll say that. But one of the problems with this is you Christians will accuse him of being dishonest when he tells you where he's actually been and what he's actually been doing. One of the things is Jesus has a hobby and he does a hobby sometimes. And it's science on another planet with men that he likes. When he does this hobby, I don't know if he'll do it in the future, you guys will accuse him of, of doing satanic things because it's science. You think all science is satanic because of the internet. But also, no matter what he says, you guys are going to accuse him of being a, a bad religious leader or something when he tells you what he's actually been doing. So he probably won't tell you. That means you'll probably never get an honest answer unless you're a kind and courteous person. Then he might tell you. 
But if you're gonna go slander him, which is what he expects from Christians, and he considers that to be abusive, the way you guys do it, not just the slander, but the way you do it. He calls it abusive. So where has he been? He can tell you when he comes back and he's going to soon, maybe. He might come back soon. And if he does, then you guys might not want to listen to his honest answer. Also, Jesus Christ. Now, these are questions that many people on the earth will want him to answer when he does come back. When he does come back to the earth, they will want him to answer these questions. It's true. Even if you don't. Where has he been? What has he done? Did he start a religion? Is he a religious leader? What happened 2,000 years ago? Why did he do it? Is Christianity a religion or the religion? Are there other options? Jesus will need to answer those questions, and he doesn't want to because he believes people in the earth are so violent they can't be trusted, they'll want to hurt him. He believes that you Christians are abusive with what you do. When you say he knows everything and he doesn't. And so when he answers, when he comes back with honest answers, he's doing it for an important reason. He's been tasked by God to speak the truth regarding every lie he's ever told and to speak the truth regarding other things. To speak the word of God as commanded and to do things he agreed to do when he spoke to God as part of his salvation. Like many people in heaven, he's an unrepentant sinner who sinned. He has sinned at least once, we'll say. And he's going to tell you that if you'll listen. But he doesn't want to come here because he believes the earth is a violent place just like every other prophet that never came back. He doesn't want to come back. That's it.